Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. We're going to start the show today with a question. Now, I know I'm kind of a prisoner of the moment when it comes to this question, but I think... I think I'm right. And here it is. Stephen will ponder it while we do our ad reads and stuff like that. Saturday. It's more of a statement, and you tell me whether or not you agree or disagree. Saturday's game against Arkansas is the biggest in Lane Kiffin's short tenure at Ole Miss. Biggest game so far is this Saturday in Lane Kiffin's tenure at Ole Miss. This is the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He is Steven Gagliano. We'll talk about that. How big is this game? Honestly, I'm excited as hell for this football game. I think it's going to be great. Uh, but how big is it? And what are the the factors here that you're looking at most when it comes to this game? And then the attendance thing. Everybody's talking about it. I kind of stirred up some crap last night. I was publicly responding to something a friend said to me in private. I didn't add enough context. I talked about it on a stream this morning, but nobody watches that. So I'm going to talk about it on here and I'll talk about it on the radio show this afternoon. Attendance. There are still a few thousand tickets, uh, you know, six or so thousand tickets left on the website for this game through Ole Miss for this game. And it's been a point of contention this week. I'm going to clarify my tweet, I think, and I'll do that on here as well as we'll just talk about it in general, uh, what it means and stuff like that. But first, I remind you, the podcast is brought to you by absms.com. Advantage Business Systems is the name, absms.com. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, sorry, breaking, <laughs> breaking news. Breaking as I'm news, reading yeah. this, a friend just sent this to me. State Trooper on leave. LSU opens Title IX investigation after complaints of trooper partying, having inappropriate behavior with band members after away football game. Well, how about that? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> boy, you know, the Title IX office in Louisiana or at LSU is going to be really busy. They've got a lot um, on their plate all of a sudden. They're going to have to build a permanent Title IX investigative office around <laughs> the campus of LSU. Anyway, sorry, ABS. ABSMS.com, Advantage Business Systems. That's the website. It's an office technology company. Started in Jackson, but they service the entire state. So if you're a business or your decision maker at a business that is in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to phone systems, cloud storage, data security, IT projects, stuff like that. If you're in the market for that, absms.com is the website. Tell them we sent you and get a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Go by, get one of their daily lunch specials. I know a lot of you will be in the Grove on Saturday, which, again, is going to be a stunning Day for football, the high is 84. It won't be that high at kickoff. So, what, upper 70s, maybe touching 80 at kickoff and partly cloudy? Pretty perfect. It's it's beautiful football weather. But uh, in the meantime, go by and see the good people at LB's. Tell Greg we sent you get one of their daily lunch specials and whatever you need uh, to, to cook with meat. It's the best place in Mississippi to get it. Go by and see them and tell them, we sent you. So you've had some time to think about it, aside from the curveball about the Title IX investigation, <laughs> another Title IX investigation at LSU. Agree or disagree, Stephen? This is the biggest game for Lane Kiffin in his short tenure at Ole Miss. Going into the game, biggest game in his tenure at Ole Miss. I think that is very true. And it goes back to something that I said on Monday is, I think this is the first time that we're going to get to see what an angry 
Lane Kiffin yeah. looks like and what an angry Ole Miss team under Lane Kiffin looks like. You know, the Alabama game going into it, we were both incorrect saying that we thought that that was going to be a competitive game. Ole Miss had a chance to win it. All of that kind of stuff. In hindsight, again, we were wrong. We did, in <laughs> fairness, put a lot of qualifiers yes, in we there. Did. We did. 100%. Weren't willing to, uh, to go that far, though. But So when you maybe look at that as, oh, that, there was a lot of hype around that game. But as far as the biggest on-the-field expectation for what should happen, what could happen, and what it means moving forward, I think all of that rolled in to say, yes, this is the most important game because if you lose this game, you are, what, the bottom tier of the SEC West all of a sudden where yeah. two weeks ago you thought going into the Alabama game, this could be one of the better teams in the SEC West. So Ooh, yeah. I think all of that to say, uh, yes, you're right. And, and the reason why I bring that up is that I was thinking about other big games that he's coached in so far, and some people aren't going to like this. I, I think not a single game they played last year, the win-loss result mattered, truthfully. As far as judging his ability to coach at your program, considering he took over and then COVID hit, and he couldn't have a real spring to get his team ready for I mean, they, they couldn't do anything at all. And so going into last season, I kept saying, uh, it's almost like year zero, you cannot judge wins and losses, really, just what the team looks like, offensive identity, stuff like that. So I think this is really the first year, it being his second year, where we start judging the record, where we start taking into account, okay, how many wins do they have, how many losses do they have, and what do they look like against these teams, as opposed to last year where it's just like, hey, they're scoring points, this is awesome. You know, they lost the game, but whatever, who cares? It's a COVID year, all this stuff. And people just this being, is awesome. Yeah, people being excited about the program, I think, was bigger last year rather than, again, the record on the yeah, field. Yeah, results, I wasn't as concerned about results. And, I mean, they, they did just go 5-5, five and five, you know? And, but everybody was excited, and they should have been because they were just competent, which is all you really <laughs> wanted, was just to look like you belong in the SEC, which they did now, I think, as we turn the page Alabama notwithstanding, these games against Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M even. I thought going into the season, Texas A&M was going to be like a free shot. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I really did not think that Ole Miss was ready yet to compete with Texas A&M, and boy, did I nail that one. <laughs> um, they stink out loud right now. These games Even if are, Hayes King comes back, I don't think that he comes back and all of a sudden makes them some world beater that should be contending for the playoff. He's ha, he's played one game as a college quarterback. Yep. One. So, does that really change everything? I mean, maybe. But also, I mean, he, if he comes back in six weeks, is he even going to be who he was in week one, which wasn't very good? I mean, anyway. If Zach Calzada did actually compete with him in a quarterback competition— if those two are on even a similar level of talent, then Texas A&M won't be anything to worry <laughs> yeah, about. not at all. That'll it's, come back to bite me in the ass later this season, I'm sure. But Especially at home. Na- yeah. <laughs> especially at home. Exactly. But now these games are, are ones where I look at, and okay, I need, I need results. I need to see wins when it comes to this. Alabama, no. If they had Georgia on the schedule, no. But you're a touchdown favorite of Arkansas at home. This is a game that you should win. And so, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the biggest he's coached in so far because now if 
and some people may not think that this makes any sense, but I think now is the year where you start looking at wins and losses as opposed to competency or incompetency, which was a year ago. So huge, huge, huge game uh, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Ooh, down to five and a half now. Wow, line keeps dropping. I wonder why. Where? What service are you on right now? Uh, this is just through ESPN. Yeah, ESPN. Okay, so it was six and a half yesterday there. Yep. I wonder why. Huh. I don't know. That is interesting. Still Maybe a 66% chance in their power index thing. So that hasn't moved, I don't think. But the yeah. line itself has. Huge game, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's no other way to spin it. When you look at this game, and of course we'll talk about it and give predictions and stuff on Friday, but when you look at this game... What do you what do you see? What do you want to see? What how do you see this playing out? Well, without giving a prediction, yeah, save that. I'll save that for Friday. But it all comes back to the defense, right? I mean, that's the unit that everyone wanted to see play better against Alabama. You didn't necessarily see that until until the second half. Now, how do they perform against an offense that isn't Tulane or Austin P, but isn't Alabama either? You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, Arkansas falls somewhere in the middle of all of that. And can this defense look like they did against Louisville against Arkansas, an SEC opponent that you should, in theory, be better than? But they obviously pose some problems. I think you saw how how Brian Robinson was able to just run through people you know, during the Alabama game. K.J. Jefferson is a large man. I'm interested to see who on that Ole Miss defense is going to take him on one-on-one in the open field, and if they can do it. Uh, if he's healthy, I think the the simplest solution is going to be a very similar strategy to what you saw in, you mentioned Louisville. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be Campbell, mostly. Yep. I, and I think you have, to, you have to attack it the same way where you keep him in the pocket. If he starts to move around, that's where he's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. He's not going to... He's not going to kill this defense by drop, you know, taking a three-step drop and finding an open receiver. That's not going to be where this game is won and lost, I don't think. No, so. he's not consistent enough yet. Now, Arkansas, they're physical. They run the football. They have explosive – or they've shown the ability to be explosive in their offense. Jefferson's not consistent at not all. Enough. No, no, not at all. Um but he can run if he's healthy, and we don't know how healthy he is. I yeah, mean, that, that he, looked, he looked beat up in Athens. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that he was in that game for as long as he was. Yeah. And, you know, after 21 nothing, that game was over mm-hmm. very, very clearly. But uh, kudos to him for sticking it out, I guess. Yeah. I always admire kids fighting even when the score is what it is. Right. Uh, luckily for Chance Campbell, uh, he's not as athletic as Bryce Young. No, because <laughs> I mean, I, I felt bad in some cases for Chance Campbell because he was in great positions to make plays, and Bryce Young's just too athletic. You <laughs> right. know, it's he was there, he he made the right reads, and and ninety nine percent of quarterbacks <laughs> that Chance Campbell plays against will not be able to make him look silly the way Bryce Young did. But but it just it happened to be that guy He came at him with a full head of steam, yeah, and Bryce just, Young just with a quick sidestep a gosh. few times just sent him spinning. Uh, this is an important game for him, though. and I mean, the entire defense, of course, but uh, I think he's better than the way he looked in Tuscaloosa, in part because it's freaking Alabama. I mean, <laughs> it's just... That's why it's, it's so hard to, to really analyze that game, or really any game that yeah. you watch Alabama play, because at the end of the day, it really is. It's Alabama. That They're the most talented team that most teams will have on their schedule all year, with the exception of the teams that... 
God help them have to play Georgia and Alabama in the same yeah. season. I mean, Arkansas, even for as physical as they are, it's a dramatic talent drop-off between them and Alabama up front. So, uh, big day for him. Big day for this defense, DJ Durkin, and Chris Partridge. But I don't think they should abandon the 3-2-6 thing they've been doing. I really don't. Um, they gave some three-linebacker looks against Alabama. They gave some. But I'll ask the same question I asked on Monday. The people that are saying to get out of the 3-2-6, for what? Well, put four down linemen. Okay, who? Mm-hmm. Was and Time what? Alone not ready yet? No. No. I mean, he's a Clowny, true freshman who was, seen. who was injured all summer. You yep. know, it's it, when you don't have defensive tackles that can play in the SEC, you cannot play your defensive tackles in the SEC. <laughs> this th- They chose this defense because they think it maximizes their personnel the most. And I think that's the right decision. Yes, it makes them susceptible in the run game, but I'm sorry, Arkansas is not beating Ole Miss with three yards in a cloud of dust. That's how Woody Hayes and Ohio State won back in 1974. Like, Arkansas is going to have to score, I think, in this game. That's also not really who Arkansas is this year. They don't have that kind of physical power running back that they have in the past leading the way. Smith is more of a kind of a shifty, smaller back, so I don't think having four guys down on the line really gives you all that much more. Plus, you know, the guy that we've been talking about so much, Chance Campbell, obviously is in the linebacking core. So a guy back there kind of roaming around for you, I think, will make more of a difference than Mm -hmm. having a fourth down lineman. Yeah, and... I mean, looking at Arkansas's game against A&M, for example. By the way, Texas A&M is a team that Mississippi State threw over 400 yards worth of passes on. Um, I like Will Rogers. I think he's fine. And he also threw it 60 times. But uh, Ole Miss is a completely different animal in terms of quarterback talent. Again, with all due respect to Will Rogers, if you can believe it, there are some people around here that think Rogers is better than Corral. I, I, I know there are people that believe that. <laughs> Uh, with all due respect to to the young man who seems like a good kid, uh, Matt Corral is sign. I mean, head and shoulders different planets better than that of Will Rogers. If Mississippi State, even just was, from an arm talent standpoint, oh my gosh, that that jumps off the page. Watching Matt Corral, watching him throw the ball and the way it comes out of his hand, and watching Will Rogers, who you know for. A year and a half now, the team has struggled to push the ball down the field with him at quarterback. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Matt Corral doesn't struggle to push the ball downfield off of his back foot. You mentioned it on Monday. Uh, Going back and watching the Alabama game, his most impressive play was an incomplete pass. But Mm. dodging the free rusher, (laughs) resetting his feet, and throwing a 60-yard in-the-basket strike to Drummond (laughs) that he dropped. I mean, that was a stunning throw and just... Fell incomplete. They ended yeah. up scoring on the drive, but holy crap, that was an unbelievable play. Um, that's, Arkansas that's couldn't score again. on A&M. Right. They, they didn't score on Texas A&M. Mississippi State had more success on A&M uh, than Arkansas did. Uh, you know, they physically owned, absolutely owned Texas. I, I, this sounds like I'm diminishing Arkansas. I'm not. It's a solid football team. I think Ole Miss has their hands full, big time. But it's not anywhere close, anywhere close to what you saw last weekend. And I think that the three two six, and uh, you know, they may play Austin Keys more often, and have a, a third linebacker there, or you know, even move some of these defensive backs, these safeties in the box more. But I still think this is the best strategy. This is their best chance at getting stops because if you take away 
one of those defensive backs, one of those safeties for a defensive tackle that's not ready, I think it's just a wasted body. Yep. And the way that you phrased it right there, I think, is is important. Because when you say 3-2-6, that doesn't mean that those three guys, those two guys, and those six guys have to stay in that right, part yeah. of the field pre-snap. They can move around. You can bring safeties up. You can move these guys all around to you know, to adjust on the fly a little bit. I think so many people get caught up in the numbers of it when you say it like that. It's like, oh, well, with six DBs out there, they can't defend the run. You can if you bring those guys up. And so, I think they will. And, yeah. and they can be aggressive. They might have to take some risks on Saturday because, yes, Arkansas has been explosive, but Jefferson is so inconsistent. And I don't I just, I just, don't think he's ready yet. Uh, this sounds crazy. He's again. what, a sophomore? Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh he may have Richard last year. No, he played last year, though. He is two years into his college career. How's okay. that? Yeah, it's so jacked um, up now trying to yeah. figure out how old guys are. But it, it sounds like I'm diminishing. I'm not. It's just I think that this is just a very winnable game for Ole Miss, especially because I don't think Jefferson is ready enough to burn you consistently. And so even with your 3-2-6 look, you can stack the box a little bit more. You can play closer to the line of scrimmage and take some risks and play some man because – I don't think he's consistent enough to beat you consistently. And if he does, if he beats you when you're going one-on-one, then so be it. But you have to at least try something like that to try to mix things up. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, um, Lane Kiffin was asked about it, and honestly he gave a really insightful answer on Monday about this game and Matt Corral and how it was his worst game, but it kind of woke him up Mm -hmm. a little bit. And... You know, because he's human, he really wants to, excuse my language, kick the shit out of Arkansas. You know he wants to, yep. because my gosh, that's all he's heard about is six interceptions, six interceptions. Uh, I mean, y- you get on social media and anybody praises Matt Corral at all, it's, well, he threw six interceptions against Arkansas. And at media days, hey, Matt, remember when he threw six <laughs> interceptions at Arkansas? No, tell me, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that. And then this week, it's, hey, remember last year when you threw six interceptions against Arkansas? This kid, I promise you, is just, it's an, another test for him. And one I think he passed last week, not to get too up or too down, because th- these are the guys, and Barry Odom is going to have a great plan for Matt Corral. Can you, again, not get caught up in any emotions you may or may not have? I don't know, but I, I assume he's going to be pretty jacked up for this game. Can you not get caught up in emotions? Can you continue like you did last week playing within yourself? Lane Kiffin said it as well. He said last week he was impressed with his quarterback. He said he made one mistake throw all game. Threw yep. 29 times, made one mistake throw. Good. I mean, if if that's who he is, that's great moving forward. Can he do that again? Because if that is the case, Ole Miss is beating Arkansas, and they're winning the majority of the rest of their games, and they're going to play a bowl game in either New Orleans or somewhere in sunny Florida if he just replicates what he did last week against these lesser teams. It's a huge day for him if he rises to the occasion and continues to play within himself. They win. I think it's really that simple. It's... Can he play mistake-free football? If the answer is yes, I don't see Arkansas scoring with Ole Miss. Right, that and I think, you know, it's obviously a big bounce-back game for Matt Corral from a year ago. It's a big bounce-back game for the offensive line from a week ago. And I don't think Matt Corral necessarily has to do too much in this game. 
Stetson Bennett threw the ball 11 times last 11 week. 11 times. Yeah, and Georgia won the game 37 to nothing. So if if the Ole Miss, or if the Ole Miss offensive line, excuse me, can play up to the capability that we thought they could coming into the season, I think, you know, Ely, Snoop Connor, Parrish, whoever's out there has a chance to run really well on Saturday. And by doing that, you again keep the ball away from Arkansas. You you show that you can do it both ways. Obviously, we know that Matt Corral can launch the ball 60 yards down the field, but we haven't seen the running game get going yet this season. And I think this game could be a good opportunity for that. Unleash Snoop freaking Connor. Yep. Start him, do whatever you got to do, give him carries. Uh, I mean, I understand the explanation that Kiffin gave about how you don't want to sub when you're when you're going forward on third and short or fourth and short because you get your the the defense on their toes they can't change personnel and if you put Snoop in the game then that means the defense gets to put in whatever personnel they want and you can't catch them off guard anymore then have him in the game before that. <laughs> right. I mean, just just play he needs to play more he's too damn good forgive my language to not be in the game more than he is unleash him in this game. Georgia ran all over Arkansas. Georgia's more talented than Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is pretty talented as well. Uh, that's a good point, though, about the offensive line. They need to bounce back in a big way. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Arkansas's front six, while good, in Alabama good. Right. Yeah, you've seen it now. You have you have a, a game to look at if you're, if you're this line and if you're this offense in general and say, hey, we don't have to go against anyone that looks like that for nope. the rest of the season. <laughs> Every game will be a step-down talent-wise from the Alabama game. And, you know, I, I think that's a huge benefit going into this. And obviously, Arkansas, I'm sure they'll put on the tape from last year and say, hey, let's do a lot of the same things on defense. We're going to drop eight and try to force Matt Corral into mistakes. Yep. How do you force them out of that? You do that by running the football. You run them out of it. Yep. And we'll see if Ole Miss can do that. A big point of contention this week uh, has been uh, attendance uh, or possibly Lack thereof. Ole Miss still has a few thousand uh, tickets available through their website for this game. Uh, to, you know, anywhere between five and 6,000 as of this morning. Uh, maybe even a little more than that. People are talking about that a lot. I, I've seen some people say that uh, that will be the reason Kiffin leaves. No, it will not. Um, I just, I don't even want to go further down that because no, that's, uh, trust me, if, if the crowd is 60,000 as opposed to the 64,000 that it can hold, he's not going to call Jimmy and say, hey, Jimmy, get me the hell out of here. Like that, That's just not, that's not reality. But it's still something that a lot of people are talking about. And I kind of stirred it up a little bit yesterday on Twitter because in one of my group messages, a friend said, it's embarrassing that Ole Miss has not sold this game out yet. And so I took to Twitter and I said this. You want people to come to games, you want to sell at your stadium, make it cheaper and more accessible. If my wife and I, for example, wanted to go to the Ole Miss-Arkansas game this weekend, we're looking at $300 before we take our seats. Who can afford that right now? And that led to a lot of debate, a lot of uh, back and forth about, well, they shouldn't drop ticket prices or uh, ticket prices aren't that bad, stuff like that. It's Twitter. I I should have added more context Uh, than what I did. Here's the way, or what I was trying to say. I don't think it's embarrassing if they don't sell every ticket. I don't think that's an embarrassment, honestly. If by the end of the week there's 3,500 remaining seats, let's just call it that. If they sell another 1,500 seats 
and there's about 3,500 left over, uh, the crowd will be good. It will look good on television. It will be loud. It will be engaged. 60,000 people in that stadium is a very good crowd. Uh, recruits uh, will be impressed, and it will be loud and impactful on the game and stuff like that. So I, I disagree that it's embarrassing because it will look good. Uh, also, I disagree that it's embarrassing because everybody has this problem. We've mentioned it on here before. But what I was getting at with that $300 figure is $75 for an SEC game is really not that much. That's the cheapest ticket on Ole Miss's website right now to sit in the south end zone, 75 bucks. That's actually my favorite seat in that stadium. You like that? I do. And that's where the student section used to be. Probably should still be there. I know a lot of students... Ross Bjork blew that. Yeah. A lot of students are not a huge fan of baking in the sun, especially for an 11 a.m. kick, although this Saturday, you know, we're not in those ridiculous summer temperatures still. But, yeah, I, I always like seeing behind the play or in front of the play. You get to see it develop more. I wish they would show that angle on TV all the time, yeah. but they never do. The all-22? Exactly. Um, but the reason I don't think it's embarrassing is mostly tied to finances. Um, for example, if I did the math. If my wife and I wanted to go to this game, we would have to either buy a ticket for our son or leave him with a babysitter. You have to buy a ticket for 12 months and up now. Hmm. So he's almost two. Uh, Saints games until he's like four. We don't have to. But now, Now's your time to capitalize. I know, right? Uh, so it would be over $200 just for tickets. So 75 in your head, oh, that's not that bad. But for the three of us, it's $225, if I did the math correct. Uh, yes. Yep, you did. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the drive from Madison to Oxford and back isn't bad. Uh, it cost me basically an entire tank of gas. But have you seen prices lately? It's like 60 bucks to fill up my, my SUV. And then food, and if you're going to park somewhere and you can't get in a shuttle lot, you got to pay for parking. That's up over $300. And not to get too intimate about our situation, during COVID, we happened to be uh, one of the millions of families out there that had somebody lose a job. And the thing about losing a job because of COVID, nobody was hiring during COVID. We spent a long time with just, luckily for me and, and, and my employer, um, with my income and thank goodness for that but that's all we had and so we had to tap into savings and stuff and we had to eliminate expendable income until the local economy started recovering and and we could we could get both of us back to work and we're still kind of hurting from that as a lot of people as are as a lot yeah. of people are and so my point that I really did a bad job of explaining was I'm not going to attendance shame Ole Miss fans if they can't fill the stadium up. I don't think it's an indicator of, well, fans want a good program, but yet they don't show up. Some people that used to can't. And saying, well, do they fill up the stadium in 2014? We weren't still dealing with, in some cases, the ramifications of a pandemic back then. Everything now is more expensive. Nobody's pay went up. The cost of everything went up. My insurance premiums are up another 40% or whatever the hell it is. Everything in my life, and I'm just using me as an example because there's so many people like me. You know, we're in a, we're 30, essentially. Make I'm not 30 yet, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're, both, we're 30. And we have one child, very much lower middle class, and there are so many people like me that would love to go to the game this weekend. 
that can't swing it right now. Yep. 40% at one point during the pandemic, 40% of the country either lost their job or were getting paid less. 40% of the country. There are small business owners, people in the service industry, stuff like that, that for a while, even if they got to keep their job, weren't making as much. People in sales. My gosh, talk to somebody in advertising sales and ask them what the pandemic was like. They didn't bring in as much money. The expendable income side of it, uh, I think, has hurt, and you're seeing it everywhere, all across college football. Uh, and that exacerbated what was already a bit of an attendance issue everywhere yeah. going into this thing. Because the so. at-home experience and stuff is getting better and, and all that. But that's just driving up and driving back. What if you wanted to, to tailgate and, and those kind of things? It, it, the number adds up quickly. And right. so if you wanted to trying, stay there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to say, and I didn't portray it accurately, was it's not embarrassing. It's not an indicator of a fan base. It's not an indicator of a program when in the smallest state in the SEC – can't sell every ticket to a game, but still put 60,000-plus people in a 64,000-seat stadium. It is not embarrassing. It'll be a good crowd, and there are a lot of people like me that would love to go to games that just currently can't right now, and I am not going to shame old Miss fans for not buying every ticket when I am dealing with the same thing most all of you are, and that's financial struggles after a pandemic that in some cases, in 40% of our cases, cost us money. I'm just, I'm not going to shame that. I'm not going to say that people are wrong. It's too expensive for some folks right now. That's what I was getting at. It's not old Mrs. fault either. You can't say that in 140 characters. No, you or can't. Or 180, whatever the new limit is. You can't. And it's not old Mrs. fault either. Like Keith Carter, they have bills to pay up there. I'm not blaming them for having prices for their tickets. I mean, at some point, they've got to have, hey, i got to make this much money on our seats or it's not worth it. So especially, it's not their fault either. Yeah, especially in a stadium that holds 64,000. It's not yeah. Alabama. They don't have 100,000 tickets to sell. You kind of have to... You have to play that out of kind of a balancing act of how can we make it affordable, yet how can we still make right. our, our money. So long-winded way to say if if you saw my tweet and you were upset with the context or, or didn't get it, that's my bad. I should have expanded. But what I'm saying is if not every seat is sold, that is not a negative mark on your program. It's just reality. And a lot of people like me just cannot do the every weekend go to a football game for hundreds of dollars thing right now. Hopefully it recovers. Hopefully prices go down, which sounds silly saying that. It's not going to happen. But um, that's what I was trying to get at is it's not embarrassing. It's not a negative if you can't sell every ticket. It's okay because if the crowd gets to 60,000, like how many tickets are going to be sold? That's a good crowd, especially when Arkansas returned 3,500 of their allotment. So that's a good crowd. It's a good day. Have fun. Sorry if I misrepresented what I was thinking about that. Yeah, there's a huge difference between an embarrassing crowd and just not filling up your stadium. What happened in Nashville, Tennessee last weekend was an embarrassment to not only the SEC, to Vanderbilt, to college football in general. But so there's that example. Then there's, oh, they didn't quite sell out their stadium for an 11 a.m. kickoff, which are, I think, the hardest games to sell out, in my opinion. Ideally, so, 2.30 would be every kickoff forever. Exactly. But. That or even 5 o'clock, some of those. But, yeah, 11 a.m., not selling 5,000 or so tickets is not an indication of, oh, no, there's no fan support. Yeah. I, I mean, there were thousands—you know, people are unhappy with Ed Orgeron, but, but 
there were thousands and thousands and thousands of empty seats in Baton Rouge. Uh, Knoxville has had tens of thousands of empty seats at every home game. That might change when Lane comes to count comes to town, but I bet every seat won't be full. When Lane Kiffin comes back to Knoxville for a night game in the SEC, I promise you, Nealon will not be full. It's just, sadly, it, it's our our reality. So if you're one of those people that thinks it's a negative mark on the fan base, I would encourage you to look around because. Ohio State can't fill their place, not not even close. Alabama was not full. Every ticket was out. Wasn't full in Brian Denny. No. Was they, not full. They never showed, or, and maybe they did and I missed it, but I didn't see a great overhead crowd shot. I, I know this because I talked to people that were there, and they're like, yeah, you could point at rows of empty seats hmm. in the stadium. I mean, that's just reality now. It is not an indicator of anything, and I promise you Lane's not going to be on the phone with Jimmy Sexton and say, well, we had 60,000 instead of 64. So, Jimmy, get me the hell out of here. Get on the phone with Miami because I'm gone. Like, that, it's, well, it's not Talk that about serious. a place that doesn't have any fans. No, I know, right? But it'll be fine. There's going to be some recruits in town. They're going to love it. They're going to see the Walk of Champions. The town's going to have a lot of energy. The crowd's going to be good. You guys are going to be into it. It's a big game. But it's okay if it's not completely sold out. It is it is not unique to you. Not even close. Does a stadium renovation for Ole Miss include a a reduction yes. of capacity? I, I expect it to. Yeah. Down from what, 64 down to 60. 60? I think 60 even. Do 60 38. Yeah. You know, just for the for the heck of it for <laughs> Chucky or, or something. Yeah. And, and make it more luxurious and comfortable. Yeah. I I think that that is probably where a state like Mississippi would really thrive. Again, you mentioned it. It's it's the smallest state by population in the SEC. Yep. You have two SEC fan bases that have a ton of support. Uh, you know, again, you combine those, you can build yourself a 100,000-seat stadium and people would come. But their fan bases are broken up, so I don't think that you need a massive 75,000 no. Did you see what stadium. A&M reported in the state game? They reported over 100,000, didn't no. they? Oh, they didn't? No. I was going to say it was, it was like 82. Oh, wow. I mean, they they made a huge mistake building that mega stadium. Yeah. Huge mistake. They reported, and you can find it on the box score, actually, um, because I don't want to get the number entirely wrong, but they reported like 20,000 empty seats. Hmm. And you know every ticket reported did not show up either. Right. You know that. The reason that I guess I said 100,000 right off the bat, that's what the announcers love to say about Kyle Field. It's, oh, 100,000 strong here at Kyle Field. So that's where I had that in my head. I'm looking for the box score Yeah, I think Neil Price on the radio kept saying 78, I think was the number that he had. Um, Yeah, and you could see it. When they when they did the very few shots, I mean those massive sections behind the end zones, nobody was there. I finally saw the video of the midnight yell, whatever that thing is yeah. called. Did, you wonder why I make fun of those people God, so much. That thing, the guy doing it was all. I would be bad at that too. I'm not sitting here saying that I would be able to stand in front of a hundred thousand people and do that. But God, that was so bad and just. Again, I we don't cringe. like the, yeah we don't Just, like the word cringe oh, around here, but ooh. that's what it was. Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, attendance. That is the LSU game. I was going to say they it was more than that was fifty thousand for Mississippi State LSU. Okay, I I clicked on. See, the that's wrong what link. State reported for LSU, and it, I don't think fifty is accurate either. No, hey, here we go. Eighty-seven thousand nine hundred. That's what they reported. Yep, and uh, yeah, it was short of that. They had twenty thousand empty seats. In College Station for a ranked team playing an SEC West team at home. 
This that expanded their, their over thing 100? to over 100. What was it before? It's probably like, around like around 87. Yeah. They, yeah, they should have left it there. They, they blew it. They, they the mega stadium era is over, but that that's an example for you guys to show again if there's Three or four thousand empty seats scattered around your stadium. It's fine. It, it really is fine. It's it doesn't mean anything other than reality, yep. truthfully. And I did not do a good job on Twitter of uh, relaying that. But what I was trying to say is, it's not embarrassing. the The number of tickets that have been sold for that game is not embarrassing. In fact, it's kind of, I, I'm honestly impressed because it sucks for some people out there right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've sold that many. Means you got a lot of people that really care. Anyway, we'll be back Friday with our final thoughts, keys to the game, two questions. We're going to add that into this rotation. We're going to do like two it. questions on Friday. It shouldn't just be held for uh, for radio. If if everybody else is going to be doing content uh, that we do on the radio show on their podcast, and we need to do it too, so we're going to do that on Friday as well. So picks, two questions. How will Miss can win the game? What they cannot do if they want to win the game? All that coming up. On Friday. In the meantime, there's still some tickets available if you can swing it, but don't worry about it. It'll be fine. We'll talk to you Friday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.